Hi, live streamers. Thank you so much for joining us. Open the shoe boxes. They're so excited. Those faces just transform. Yeah, these kids behind me are so excited because they've just received their boxes. The mouth is wide open, the voice is raised, smiles are all over. That box brings joy. We're right now in Phnom Penh in Cambodia. I mean, it's just been incredible. Kids are so excited, giving them a gift, do it in Jesus' name, and that's what this is all about. Jesus loves you. It's a gospel opportunity. It's the chance for the children to change the entire life. That's what I love about Operation Christmas Child. It knows no borders and knows no boundaries. It's all about sharing the name of Jesus Christ. Churches are doing big things with Operation Christmas Child. Everybody out there who packs shoe boxes, they are spreading God's love. It's families, it's churches, it's hundreds of thousands of volunteers that help make Operation Christmas Child so successful. We couldn't do it without them. With this box, they do get the gospel story. They do hear about Jesus. It has maximum impact in the worldwide kingdom of Christ. I mean, what better thing could you do than be involved in Phil shoe boxes? Some of them go by train, some go by camels, some go by ships. These boxes go all over the world, and that is only the beginning. After receiving the shoe boxes, the children will be invited to go to the greatest journey, which is a 12-lesson discipleship program where they learn about the greatest gift, which is Jesus Christ. After a child completes the greatest journey, they graduate and receive a Bible in their own language. Nag-historya, adupi, idinga, kanta mo, may kampay, idupi. 
akan kan jadi tersanggup mama imbas atau imbas mau bersih ini mama di papa di lola di lolo di papa mama ket mama tidak kena apa jos when the light of the gospel is turned on that changes everything churches are being planted lives are being changed communities are being transformed the word of god is spreading the gospel is advancing it is impacting children it is impacting families it is impacting the world greatly thank you for praying thank you for giving i would like to ask you to consider packing shoe boxes year round god will bless and god will use your gift to touch the life of a child and to be able to do it in jesus name so thank you thank you for being a part of it god bless each and every one of you you real quick about these cards that you saw on your pew. What are you supposed to do with them? It's real simple. All you're doing is taking one and inviting someone to church. You can leave them at a restaurant when you sign for the check and leave a card to invite someone. I like to leave them when I get gas. I leave them at the pump because everyone's got to stop and get gas. We also had another person post one on social media, took a picture of it and invited people to church and someone saw the post and came with them. So I want to encourage you, take a card today Find a creative way to leave it for someone to get people to the house of God. Why? Because here we know God, we find freedom, we discover our purpose, and this is the point of making a difference. Love you all. Grab your card today and go make a difference. Welcome, everyone. Hey, I get up there and I get talking to them girls. And then the light comes on. They're like, go, go, go. <laughs> but we're so glad to see all your lovely faces this morning. And you know what? I'm just glad you're in the family of faith. We would miss you if you wasn't here. Seriously. And I just want you to know that we love you. Jesus loves you. All right? Okay. Um, we want to welcome the first-time guests. If there's anyone here that's here for the first time, we, we're glad that you're with us. And look at the pew in front of you in the back. And there's this little card about this big, long. And just fill it out and take it to the Welcome Center. And uh, they will greet you and, and be glad to see you and tell us about you. So it's a good thing. We get to know you through that. All right? And all the live streamers out there, I want to welcome you as well. And I want to say this to you today. Listen, we miss you guys. Really miss you guys. And there was a pastor yesterday that was talking about uh, missing church. And he, now I might not get it totally right, but he said, if you are missing church, you know, like staying away from church, he said, it is so easy to always stay away from church. So you don't want that live streamers. You want to get back into the house of the Lord because the Bible tells us to. Let us not forget to assemble ourselves in the house of the Lord. So we want to do that. We don't want to forget to assemble ourselves, okay? 
Now, I have some, uh, the home groups is next Sunday on October the 11th. And if you will go out to the Welcome Center and look at the sheet of paper, if you don't have a home group, they will tell you, you know, they'll show you all these home groups and you can find out which one is in your area and you can go and join up with that. And it's a great way to, to be a family, you know, and to get to know people and everything. Okay, and then we have marriage class that is happening. Uh, that's happening next Sunday as well on the 11th at 9 a.m. in the loft, and you say, where's the loft? Just go right out these doors here and straight up those stairs, and that's the loft. Oh, and back to the home group, I do want to read this letter. This is such a great letter about all of you guys. It says, from the very first service I attended, I felt welcomed. Not just the friendly hello, but members and pastors included take take time out to ask things about my life. Only believe is unique to me. I feel the faith is so strong and the presence of Jesus is unmistakable. The children's and the youth center's pastors and volunteers are, for a lack of a better word, amazing. My children look forward to going every time and the staff give their hearts into instilling Jesus' teachings. My thanks go to the home groups as well. Such a positive experience. We are treated like family members, and it feels so good to be around them. I tell you, this letter is amazing. is just amazing, and, I, and we appreciate that. So, who's ready to worship this morning? All of us? I see some of us not raising our hands. All right, let's worship the Lord.
Hallelujah. Let's try that again. Come on, glory. Hallelujah. We're awake. The devil is in trouble. Come on. Hallelujah. Since when has impossible ever stopped you? 
Ah, glory to God. Hallelujah. We are the army. Hallelujah. We are the sons and daughters of Abraham, washed in the blood, equipped by God, anointed by God, destined by God, spoken of by God, spoken over by God, decreed by God. Hallelujah. What God has said is filled with life and victory, and that is the church today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
Jesus, or wherever you are right now, just stop and lift your hands towards heaven. Oh, Father, let the Holy Ghost, we thank you. You have responded to the cry of the saints. Hallelujah. You are here, Jesus. You are here to break every yoke. You are here to mend every broken heart. You are here to blacken out yesterday. You are here to guide us into the way of life. You have come that we might be saved. You have come that we might be blessed. You've come that we might be forgiven. Jesus, oh, the blood. The blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus can wash away my sins. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Now she's singing that. Those of you that are waiting to get saved, this is a great time to do it right now. Wherever you are right now, get out of your seat. Come on down here. Let the blood of Jesus Christ cleanse you, wash you, redeem you, and cause your past to be done away with. Come on, if you're here today and you do not know Jesus, 
This is the call of the Holy Ghost. Right now, come on home, sinner. Come on, come on home, sinner. Hallelujah. Me hold up Nothing but the blood of Jesus. right here hallelujah we're going to swing it one more time hallelujah never get tired of hearing about the blood hallelujah this is your time if you're here today and you've come to give your life to jesus this is jesus calling you now way my sin nothing but the blood of Well, you can be seated. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I get to take the offering today. Can I have on the screen Proverbs 3, 5, verse 5 through 10. This is the book of wisdom. It is David's son, inspired of the Holy Ghost, revealing and releasing visions and hidden revelations of who God is and the ways of God. Now, the reason that God gives us these understandings is to deliver us from the snares of hell. We may not realize it because sometimes we are raised in a world of darkness and a world of sin, and we think that the ways of hell are just normal because ignorance is what helps destroy people's faith. In this passage, the scripture says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not to thine own understanding or thine own understanding in all thy ways, all of them. Acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thine own eyes. In other words, don't choose the way of yourself over the way of God. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It shall be health to thy navel and marrow to thy bones. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty and thy presses shall burst forth out with new wine. God has a divine plan for each and every one of us. One of the snares of hell are the imprisonments, the shortage, 
the limitations of poverty. Now, you may not think that that's a lot, but it is. If you ask someone that is desiring education, well, we can't go, we don't have the money. Kids that need shoes in the snow, people that need heat in their house, people that need gas for their cars, all types of things are related to poverty, but we sometimes think that that is normal, but it's not normal. For the simple fact that God gives us wisdom, gives us something greater than ourselves in order to undo empty wine presses and empty barns, God has something better in mind. Could I get an amen? If God gave us another reaction from what we have been living or acting in, then we understand that God doesn't want us to live just by what we've been doing by reactionary steps, but he wants us to do steps of faith. Steps of faith, believing that God wants more for us than we want for ourselves. And more doesn't mean that we just get more. It means that we are empowered and enabled to do more. Because we're, we are about doing more, not just having more. There's nothing wrong with having nice. There's nothing wrong with having the best. There's nothing wrong with those things. But our priority is that others experience Christ and not just us experience his blessing. So the Bible gives us an alternative to deliver us from the powers or the hidden secrets of death and that's from poverty too many people think poverty is normal wherever you are today I'm telling you it's not normal it's not normal God came to give you life in it more abundantly and God gives us the opportunity to honor him with all that we have and to honor him with our first fruits. If you will put God first, it will begin to transition your heart to make everything else available to God. And the Bible says that if you'll lose your life, you may look like a fool, but in all reality, you will find it. But if you think that you have found your life separate from God and faith in Him, you will lose it. Jesus come to give us life. And one of those great avenues or activities of faith is when we give unto the Lord and surrender all that we have. See, we, we, we can't tell God he's going to be first and hold back what we have or who we are. No, you are designed to walk with God. You are designed to dwell in the high places and the secret places. You are anointed of God to walk in the ways of righteousness. You are called by God to apprehend his best for your life. And God is here and he's not our enemy. He is our God. He is the almighty God 
And if we will not lean to our understanding today, but in all of our ways acknowledge him as being the provider of all things, then our barns are going to be filled and our wine presses are going to burst forth with new wine. Let's pray over our tithe and giving today. Father, in the name of Jesus, as you incorporated tithing as the first step of acknowledging that you are priority in our life. We thank you so much. We thank you, God, that it encourages us, strengthens us, and roots us that, God, we may surrender all other. God, we want to thank you. You are opening the windows of heaven right now at this moment. You're pouring out a blessing upon them that they cannot contain. God, those that are sowing seeds as they give is being given back to them, pressed down, shaken together. Running over, God, you are giving into their bosom. God, you are the God of prosperity and blessing. We love you. God, accept our declaration of faith and love for you this day. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Stand your feet and bring your tithe and offering unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, they told me to sell this book. Hallelujah. They told me to, yeah, make you aware of it. Uh, the Treasures of the Spirit. This is really the only theological book that I have written, the only one I was interested in writing, and I think it breaches the great gulf of division between Baptist and Pentecost because people get to understand what the Holy Ghost does, what he does at the baptism of the Holy Ghost or at the new birth, and then at the infilling of the Holy Ghost and the manifestation, the deposit of nine supernatural gifts. These are proclaimed to be evident in the believer by the evidence of speaking in tongues. And uh, whether you like it or you don't like it, it doesn't matter. God believes in it. God believes in it. And uh, 
So praise God. You, this book, they told me it's $6. So you get it for $6. And let me have Eric. Where are you, Eric? Come on up here, Eric. Monday. Somebody say Monday. That's tomorrow. Tomorrow at 2 o'clock. Tuesday at? 3 o'clock. 3 o'clock. Thursday at 10 a.m. Thursday at 10 a.m. We are going to be going to... Uh, Speaking to the world. Yes. On live television. Uh, we are going to, uh, going to Pakistan. Yeah, the first one, Pastor, on tomorrow, you'll be speaking into 182 nations of the world. Yep. Uh, this network also, also reaches, amen, reaches the 1040 window. So we're talking, Pastor, we'll be speaking to Iran, Iraq, Afghanistan. Uh, we're talking Saudi Arabia. And by the tens of thousands, this network is getting tens of thousands of responses. Last time Pastor did this, they had, I think, 30,000 prayer requests come in afterwards. So amazing reach, uh, miracles took place, and literally hundreds, tens of thousands of people, I can say that without any hesitation, tens of thousands of people have made decisions for Christ through that last minute you did, Pastor. I believe it's going to be even greater on this next one tomorrow. Then on Tuesday, you're going to speak to the entire nation of Uganda via live television. So Pastor will be speaking to almost 40 million people, just like he would be in front of thousands of people in a crusade. He's going to be speaking to a camera, but speaking to the nation, which is going to be absolutely powerful. And then on Thursday, Pastor's going to be speaking to a remote village in Pakistan, a place that we could never go if we try to get there. So he'll be speaking via Zoom into a nation, into a remote village that no one's been to, probably have never heard the word of Jesus before, and he'll be a chance to pull the nets in, potentially to thousands of people that will be around, a massive large screen uh, that pastor will be projected on with a sound system. We have pastors in place that will be there to minister to them. We're going to put Bibles in their hands, pastor, as well. For every new convert, we're, we're sending monies over there so they can put a Bible into every new convert hand. So think about the power of that, that uh, pastor's going to get a chance to minister to a village that, again, we couldn't go to, but literally, potentially thousands will be saved on this Thursday. So uh, pastor's praying this week, as many of us are as well, for the, from today through Wednesday, believing God for a mighty harvest of souls, as well as, obviously, uh, great miracles to happen. And then next week, pastor's going to be speaking on a network called Precious Television. It goes into 17 nations of Africa live. So he'll speak to the nation of Uganda on Tuesday, but on this network, he'll speak into 17 nations of Africa live, and at the same time, speak to tens of millions of people live. In Africa, it's not like here in America where we have thousands of digital channels to choose from. It's almost like TV from about 60 years ago when you had like three or four channels. Well, guess what? They're going to come across Pastor Dosek's speaking the gospel to literally tens of millions of people. We believe it's going to be a great opportunity for the kingdom. And then he'll be on faith television, not this Friday, the following Friday, reaching a potentially 100 million connected homes all around the world. So I was telling Pastor, amen, Pastor's going to get a chance to minister to more people in the next 12 days than he would if we physically went to every crusade we were planning on doing in 2020 around the world plus here in America. We're talking 100 plus million people easily could be watching this service in the next 12 days. So church be praying for us. Again, we're going to be sowing into this, believing God for a mighty harvest of souls. And I believe what the devil meant for evil with COVID-19, God is going to turn around for good because we're getting the gospel out. We're winning souls. Amen? Amen. And uh, we never would have had that, found that opportunity if it had not been for countries that are crying out for Jesus. People that are in places of great influence and power.
that called us and asked us to come. We would never have that opportunity except that the virus had attacked. I hate the virus. I think it's the devil, and I don't care how it got here. I don't care who owns. I don't care when it goes. I know this, that God is still God, but he's not silent no matter what we're going through. God is still reaching towards the future, reaching to the healing of nations and souls being saved. That's what God's doing, and that's what we're going to begin to do. Amen? Praise God. So I want to thank you for that. And uh, then today I have the great privilege of inviting my daughter, Pastor Nicole Waters, to come and to preach to us today. I'll let you give them a title. All right. I love you, Daddy. Good morning. Good morning. Um, before we get started and before Dad gets down the stairs, just stand to your feet and let's honor what's in the house today for Mom and Dad. You know, it was their faith that pushed through to birth only believe when trial and tribulation said no one would come to the middle of a cornfield to worship Jesus. They believed. They believed. And because of their faith, we get to stand today in a place unchangeable and preach the gospel. Amen. In the middle of a cornfield where nobody said they would come. Thank you, Mom and Dad. Thank you. Wait a second. We want to pray for our president oh, that's right. and the first lady. Yes, let's do that. Whether you're Democrat, Republican, or whether you're of just honor, let's me, do it. nobody. Yep. Amen. Uh, what we're going to do, the Bible tells us in First Timothy to pray. The second chapter, pray for those, our presidents, kings, and people Amen. in authority that we can live at peace on this Amen. earth. Let's do it. And our president has been, uh, has caught the COVID-19 virus, but we're going to pray and he's going to live. Amen. Amen. So we are for him living and God being glorified. Amen. Let's stretch forth our hands. Father, in the name of Jesus, we bring the Trump family and all of the people in the White House, all of the military workers there, God, all of the FBI, all of the CIA, God, all of the people that make decisions to keep the world at peace and to keep it in unity and harmony. We pray, God, that you would watch over them. We pray, God, for President Donald Trump. We pray for his family, his grandchildren, and his children. We pray, God, for his wife. We pray, God, that you would raise them up, bring them out, God, strengthen, and add days to their life. And God, we thank you for it, and we give you the praise and the honor in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Praise God. Give God praise. Hallelujah. Well, we are starting today, week four, of our series called Real Life, Real Change. Uh, Pastor taught last week on stress worry, anxiety, and fear. And uh, I'm just telling you, every week something new is unfolded, right, in how to deal with real life situations. But I want to remind you that in John 10.10, it says that the devil, somebody say the devil, comes only, only. He cannot come but only to kill steal and to destroy everything that's inside of you however they they that believe on him which is who Jesus 
Those who believe on him, they might have life and have it more abundantly. I'm here to tell you that the devil has meant us harm, but God said, I come to give you real life that will bring a supernatural change that the world can see and want what is inside of you, and they will want Jesus and give their lives, and you will draw people unto Christ because of your situation. But here's the deal. When we give our lives to Jesus and real life comes, none of that makes sense to the world. That this is how change comes. They think they have to work their way to change. They think they just have to be a better person. How many of you have tried to just be a better person? I'm just telling you, it don't work. It don't work. I can try to be something I'm not. But it doesn't work because that's not who I was meant to be. But when supernatural life, Jesus, comes into us and he initiates the change... By faith, through grace, it's real. It's real, and you can't deny the power of it. See, real life brings a change by his spirit, not by anything earthly that you could do. Your mindsets are renewed, <clears throat> renovated, and changed. Insecurities that you've dealt with your whole life are gone and changed. Addictions are broken in your life. And literally, you are renewed and renovated for what God has you to do. And before you know it, you begin to believe what he says about you. Amen. Crazy. He says it, you believe it, you become what he says you will be. And all of a sudden, I am what God said I am. I am victorious. I am a life changer. My life is no longer broke. I'm no longer living in fear. But I'm living in the victory that he paid on Calvary for me and you. This is a saying that I like to say. If I read it, believe it, and receive it. I'm telling you that anything you read in this Bible, if you can just believe it's real, I'm telling you, it's a fight in the mind of man. But God will help you make that change. So real life, real change. The subtitle that I'm going to be discussing today is Facing the Unknown. Facing the Unknown. Now I'm going to be real with you. I don't know that this was supposed to be my message. I thought this was supposed to be pastor's message. Because I don't think I quite have this worked out. I don't often face the unknown. I avoid the unknown. So we're going to get to that a little bit later. But life comes with a ton of unknowns. A ton of unknowns. Surprises that just happen in life. Lori, you're shaking your head. Your husband passed away years ago. But your husband passed away. That's not something you prepared for. No one ever thinks that it's going to happen to them. But Laura didn't have a choice to walk through that unknown. We're going to talk about some of those today. Unknowns create what Pastor talked about. They create stress because we start to fret about what the unknown looks like. How are we going to get through it? We don't know what the next step is. And then we break into worry and anxiety. And before you know it, we're completely afraid of what's staring us in the face. But it's not going away. If we respond to the unknown from our natural place, without God involved, without meaning we're not allowing him to accompany us through the unknown, then we become a statistic. We just become another person that didn't face what was staring them in their life 
and we didn't make the change. Did you hear me? I just connected facing the unknown to change. See, because, <laughs> this is good, it says in the word, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old is gone, and the new is here. But here's the deal. When you don't walk through the unknown with the supernatural life that's been provided for us, and you do it out of your own life, it doesn't bring about a supernatural change. It brings a temporary change that you and I have already proven we can't continue in. We never do it. We're great starters, but we're horrible finishers, right? And of course, there's always the point that God wants to bring this change to our lives. But the second, we don't get to see everything. And it's a little foggy, just a little cloudy. We don't understand quite everything of the unknown, then we tap out. Well, I'm done. I'm done. I'm not doing this. I just got to have more information than this. I just can't do it. Well, we're not allowed to say I can't. We're not allowed to say I'm done because I'm telling you, you're right. Yourself is done. But now it's time that you call on a supernatural force that is beyond your own strength, beyond your own power, and you identify that it's in him that you become changed. It's through him that true change stays. So I question you today, how many of you have a point in your life that you've said, I'm done, I'm out, not going there? Because if that's what you have in your life, and I'm just going to tell you I have more than one place, this message is for you. When you say I'm done, when you say I'm out, you stop the supernatural change of God from coming in your life. The unknown is something that simply means unfamiliar. Unfamiliar. I've never been at this place in my life before. We have lots of these transitions in our life. It could be you're not married last week, now you're married this week. That's an unknown you chose. But the bottom line is the future is very unknown for you. On, in a day, your life could change, right? Because now we have a pregnancy test with two lines. Oh, that's definitely the unknown. Let me tell you, about the sixth month of your pregnancy, the first child, you realize you were not meant to have children and this is not what you want to do. Because you realize what you're going to have to go through to birth that child and now that unknown is fearful. That unknown is causing pain, right? Yeah, and then somehow, seemingly, six, seven, ten weeks, for some of us it was months, you decide you want to do it again. What in the world is wrong with you? Because You are crazy, Dad, I agree. Because it brought about a change that you love. You cherish it. But there's a lot of things in the unknown that we didn't ask for. And those are often the things that we don't succeed at because we're trying to do it on our own. I want to show you today someone who did it right. <laughs> but let me tell you, we like familiar. We like comfortable. And when we get out of that zone, we start to live by our feelings and not by faith. 
right? We sang that song today, Spirit Lead Me. It said, you know what? I'm not going to chase my feelings anymore. If you say no, I say no. You say let it go, I say let it go. But I'm done doing this on my own. Spirit, lead me. That's what he wants to do through the unknown. The Bible says that we walk by faith and not by sight. Now, I'm going to tell you right now that if I ask everybody right now to stand up in your seat and cover your eyes and start walking towards my voice, there isn't one of you that would be comfortable doing that. You want to know why? Because you don't know what's going to happen. You don't understand how and what is going to happen. You're afraid of tripping. You're afraid of bumping into somebody. You're afraid you might get hurt. This is the same spiritual aspect. But God's asking us to trust. When we walk by faith, we don't stand by faith. The unknown is there. By standing, we are saying we don't trust God. Do you get me? By doing nothing and avoiding the unknown, we're saying, nope, I don't trust you. I'd rather do this myself. And I'm telling you, the Lord is a gentleman. He won't do anything that you don't want him to do. So if you don't ask him to lead you through that unknown, he's not going to lead you. He's going to sit and watch you walk through it. And then when you fall on your face, flat on your face, because you thought you could do it, he's going to be right there to pick you up. But he's never going to impose upon you what he wants you to do. Never will his will overpower yours. So you have to choose it. But we walk by faith. It's an action. And I'm just going to be real with you. If you're avoiding the unknown, you are not moving forward in your relationship of change with the Holy Spirit. You are stopping the spirit of change in your life. And I know that's hard to hear. I'm the first one to say that when I had to preach this message, I'm like, Lord, do we really have to discuss this? Do we really have to talk about these unknowns? Because I've got a couple of these that I really don't want to talk about. But every scripture I read, I began to see his faithfulness. I began to see his, his, his literal faithfulness day after day after day to generation after generation after generation in the Bible. You cannot miss in the Bible that there were multiple unknowns. So this is what it is. It's you and I's job that as God reveals to us, only God can reveal where you're at. When he reveals the next step, that you walk in obedience. I didn't say you had to take a 16-foot step. Just take an inch. Just an inch. And you're walking. You're walking. He didn't say you had to sprint. He said walk in faith and not by sight. Walk by faith and not by sight. Sounds really simple until it comes time to walk it out. Genesis 12. We're going to talk about Abram. It says, Genesis 12, 1. We're going to turn there. That's going to be our first scripture of the day. It says, Now the Lord has said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation. And I will bless thee and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. Get out. Get out. I need you to get out of the place you're in that's familiar, comfortable, and there's a whole lot of family. Leave that place. 
He didn't say where. He said, get out, and then I will show you. Now, some history to what this is, is that Abram's family was worshiping other gods. There was some hairy-carry going on in what was kindred and in his country. They weren't doing it the right way. But God needed Abram to come out from what he knew, from a familiar place, and just take one step and say, okay, God, show me now. I did what you said. Can you imagine being Abram? You're packing up your whole house. Where are you going? Oh, I don't know. God said, get out. Well, where are you going to go? I'm thinking, I'm thinking of a, a Kristen out there who's putting her house up for sale. She said, Nick, I don't know where we're going to go. This message is for you today, Kristen. She's not in here. She's going to watch it later today. Listen, she's packing her stuff up and getting her house for sale. She doesn't know where she's going to go. But she believes that God told her to sell the house. Guess what? God's going to provide as soon as the boxes are packed and the contract signed. I bet you he shows up and shows away. Because that's the faithfulness of God. But Abram had to take a step. We walk by faith, not by sight. You and I, I, struggle when I don't know where, when, what time should I leave. I'm looking at the minute by minute. I'm saying, Lord, it's 12 o'clock. We're going to be late. And God's going, no, actually, we're not. You're right on time. Because I see what's around the corner that you don't know is there. Mm -hmm. Okay. The other part of the scripture said, watch this, and I will make of thee. Did Abram have to make himself a nation? Do we have to make ourselves better? Do we have to try harder? Do we got to do more? Do, oh, I just, I, I, six hours in the Bible is not enough. No. No, God will make you. His spirit will make you what he said. All your job is, is to walk and obey. That's it. I'm just going to obey you, and I know that you mean me good. I trust you, and I'm going to walk. I don't even have to see where we're going, Lord. You just tell me. I think I'm close to the podium, but I'm not sure. Yep. That's it. Walk and believe. Obey and believe. Obey and believe. This was the beginning of Abram's life of faith. This is where God's wanting to take you somewhere and change is happening. If God's not asking you to do something that's not unfamiliar and not comfortable, then I'm telling you, you're not walking. You're not making the changes. You're not progressing in the kingdom because everything the Lord will ask you will require a walk of faith. A step, a second, a decision to pack up the box because we're leaving this land. And if you want, you can go on and read the chapters afterwards. You'll see that God honored exactly what he said with Abram. And that's also the same man, Abraham. But if you read the story, you'll know it. We don't have time to do that today. I talked about avoiding the unknown. There's some of us that hide from the unknown. We say we want change, but we don't want the pain that it takes to remove something from our lives. I get it. No one wants to push to the pain when you're pregnant. Nobody in the world, and I'm talking to every woman in here that's had a baby, you know what I'm saying when the doctor says push to the pain. Who in the world wants to crease in the pain? She knows without the pain, that thing's not coming out. And, the child, and then you get to the point that you just want it out. 
This is the way we are spiritually. It's the same thing. But we cannot be fearful about the what ifs in our life. This is what Lexi's generation calls it. She says, what if, mom? That's what the unknown means. It means, what if? I don't know the outcome. What if your husband? What if your husband doesn't love you anymore and he leaves? What if you never find that spouse you're looking for? What if you do lose the house? What if you never find a job that you went to college for? What if? Let me tell you something. It's time that your what ifs start turning into God has. God has made a way for my spouse and he's around the corner. God has made a way for that job that I just can't find in this area. God has restored my marriage. It may look grim, but God says there's hope. You've got to change the situation. And you've got to begin walking by faith and saying, you know what? These thoughts are not like this. God doesn't think the thoughts you think about your life. God's ways are higher than yours. God's thoughts are better than yours. They're not of an earthly place. They're of a supernatural. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, this is King James, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord. They're thoughts of peace, not evil. They're to give you an expected end. That end is not gloom. That end is not doom. God knows exactly where you're going, and he's not afraid. He's not afraid of the unknown. The NIV says, for I know the plans. Do you know God has a plan written out for your life? They are good. Listen, he said, they're not to harm you. They're not to harm you when you can't see where you're going. I'm not going to let you dash your foot against a stone. I'm going to give my angels charge over your situation. And when I do, I'm going to intervene and I'm going to protect you because I don't mean you harm. I have an expected end for you. I have a future and a hope. Remember in the beginning I said that who come to steal, kill, and destroy? we got to shape that around in our minds. Somehow we want to think that God takes us through the unknown to teach us something. He don't take you through the unknown that causes pain to teach you anything. He's simply taking what the devil brought for evil in your life and shifting it for good. And what doesn't, listen, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. I promise you there's a song about that. I don't know that you should go listen to it, but it's a great, it's a, doesn't kill you, makes you stronger, strong. It's great. But God is saying to you, God is saying to you, it doesn't matter what the enemy does to you. I will use it, make you stronger, and you will be more courageous and more strong than you've ever been before because of what he set out to do to you. You've got to believe and receive that God wants good for you or you will never be able to walk without seeing ever because if you do then you believe he's going to come out with the staff and just beat you right in the gut you believe he's going to be the one tripping you you believe he's going to be the one taking what you have that's not the god we serve he came to give us life and more abundantly he came to save the world not hurt it not harm it not teach you a lesson he came to walk with you. He came to walk with you. He has a plan for our life. A plan for our life. Let's go to Joshua 1, 5 through 9. 
Now, we have scripture that I need to read today because I need to lay some groundwork, but I want to give you some history. This is a big story in the Bible, big. It goes through multiple books, okay? So let me get those of you that might not know the story up to par, up, up to speed here. Moses was one of the, he was the leader of the Israelites. These were God's chosen people. And he had brought them out of Egypt, which was, Egypt represented a worldly place. It was a worldly place. They weren't allowed to worship God the way they needed to. And they had began to change their mindset. And he took them into the wilderness. The wilderness was unknown to them. They were in Egypt where everything was familiar. So he took them out into the uncomfortable place. And then when he was out there, Moses gets the Ten Commandments from God. Now I know you've all seen this with this little Heston guy on television. I know you've all seen the Ten Commandments. So you're getting caught up here. But while he's there, Moses is told by God, there's a promised land I need you to go get. This was prophesied years ago. But Moses says, God says, it's time. Let's go get the promised land. So he sends out spies, 12 of them. 10 come back with a bad report. 10 say, there is no reason to go in and conquer that land because we are like little grasshoppers. They're going to eat us, swallow us, stomp us out. No reason to go. But two of them, Caleb and Joshua, came back and said, oh, there is giants in the land, but they're bread for us. We're going to eat them up. You want to know why? Because he said, the Lord will be with us. Now, they, Jacob, Jacob, or Joshua and Caleb, they had faith. They were living by faith and not by sight. The other ten saw and feared. They were like, no, we ain't facing the unknown. We don't care. We're going to stay on this side of the river and we ain't going over there because we're grasshoppers. But Joshua and Caleb, they said, wait a minute. I'm sick of wandering in this desert for 40 years. I'm sick of eating the same meat or bread every day, even though the Lord provided it. I want to go into that land where there's milk and honey, where there's houses that we did not build. I think that God's bigger than those giants, and we can go get what he promised us. Amen. Now, some of us have to get to that mentality in our own lives. See, you say you want change. You say you want your promised land. You say you want delivery. You say you want freedom. You say you want victory. But you ain't going over the river. Because you're afraid of what's ahead. So let's read. Joshua 1.5. Now, this is the man of God. His name was Nun. He was called a minister. The son, Joshua the son of Nun, Moses, minister saying. This is what he said to them. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of, those, of thy life. As I was with Moses, so will I be with thee. I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. Be strong and of good courage, for unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them a long time ago. Only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law, that's the Bible, what's been written for us, which Moses, my servant, commanded thee. Turn not from it, the word of God, the law, to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper with, with whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe and do according to all that is written within. 
For there thou, for then thou, for then you shall make your way prosperous and then shalt have good success. Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, neither thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. Now listen, they are ready to go into the land. They are encamped by the riverside. And I'm telling you that God is telling them, that first of all, you're invincible. You are invincible. You have immunity. You don't have to pay. No one's going to hurt you. No one's going to harm you. I'm telling you, you've been given the victory, but all you have to do is choose to get up and go. Number two, he tells them, keep this book up on your lips meditate it, think about it, day and night, then, then, listen, I'm going to tell you right now, I know you, I don't know, I know you don't want to hear this, this is accountability to the gospel, if you don't do what God says, you don't get the fruit of what he said, I'm just telling you the truth, it is what it is, so if you do nothing, you get nothing, Second, keep this book on your lips. Meditate. Think about it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Some of us have been struggling for so long to be prosperous and successful. All we had to do was keep the word on our lips. Meditate it and think about it day and night. Not work 80 hours a week. Meditate on the word. He says, be strong. Guess what that means? It means fasten upon. Fasten upon the word of God. Be of good courage, alert, mentally steadfast-minded. Do not be afraid. Don't shake and be concerned about what's to happen. Listen, I'm talking literal fear. They had a reason to fear going across. They had giants that they saw that they were completely consumed with. But they had to believe that God was bigger than their situation. And he said, nor be dismayed. Don't break down into literal mental confusion and believe doubting what God said. I'm telling you, what's standing between you and real change is exactly what was standing between them. We have to go and possess. Now, follow me on down here to the third chapter because I want to show you something. Third chapter, and it says, And Joshua rose early in the morning, and they removed from Shittim, and called to Jordan, he and all the children of Israel, and lodged there before they passed over. And it came to pass after three days that the officers went through the host. And they commanded the people, saying, When you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God, and the priests and the Levites bearing it, carrying it across, then you shall remove from your place and go after it. Yet there shall be space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Come not near unto it, that ye may know the way by which ye must go. For ye have not passed this way before. Unfamiliar, uncharted territory. I'm telling you, he had to lead them a way that they couldn't mess up. He had to lead them a way that they could not fix the problem on their own. He led them by his way, his way. And let me tell you something. The Ark of the Covenant was where they kept those stone tablets that Moses went up to the mountain and got. The law, the word was in that box. And it was also known as the presence of the Lord. In other words, you put the presence of the Lord in front of you. 
You put his words that are in your lips and written on your heart and you put them before you. You don't look to your left. I don't care if you see a 13 foot, 500 pound giant. Don't look to your left and don't look to your right. I need you to keep following me. Just step by step. Keep my presence in front of you. Keep the word in your mouth and keep going. Walk by faith and not by sight and you will inherit the land I gave you. But if you don't walk, you're not going to cross over. The only thing that stands between you and change is you. Your mind. The Spirit of God is willing and able. Listen, this is like a movie in my mind. Joshua says, for tomorrow he will do great things among you. And I see them all on horses. It's beautiful in my mind. Joshua was anticipating what was going to happen the next day. He didn't say, don't look to the left or to the right, because we don't know what's going to befall us. He said, for tomorrow, the Lord will do great things among you. I'm here to tell you, for tomorrow, when you do what the Lord says, for tomorrow... He will do great change in your life. For tomorrow, the Spirit of God will be at work and you will never be the same. For tomorrow, God has come to do what he said he would do in your life. Apprehend and take what God's given you. Read it, believe it, and receive it. We have to trust the Lord in what we do. God is not afraid of your unknown. In fact... Most of it's probably his plan. For I know the plans I have for you. And when evil plans come, those were the devil's plans for you. And God just simply inserts them into his plan and says, that's okay. I'll do this and I'll do this and I'll use that death of your husband and I'll help you through it and then you're going to help others through it and you're going to be a great witness to what God can do when unexpected life happens. Dreamer, you felt the same. Carol, you're walking through it right now. God's looking to turn your situation around. Be strong and courageous. Courageous in another place means to seize what God said. The Webster's Dictionary says this. Courage is the ability to continue to walk in the place of fear. I'm telling you that when fear is present, you're in the right place. When fear is present in your life, God says, I'm willing to do more than you can ask or receive. Just ask me and watch me show up. Be courageous and strong because I'm telling you, real life is yours. He's in your heart. Real change is on the other side of your mind. The Spirit of God is willing to do anything that you ask Him to do, but you have to read it, believe it, and receive it. Stand to your feet this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I know Pastor Dosik gave an altar call earlier. And I don't want to work a dead horse. But I really felt that there was someone here that needed to give their life to Christ this morning. And I just want to let you know that our altar team, we have an altar team. Come on up, team. 
I just want to be sure that you don't miss an opportunity to give your life to Christ this morning, if that's you that's out there. I want to encourage those of you that are afraid of the unknown. The more you read the Word of God, the more you read the Word of God, the more you'll begin to trust in who He is in your life. And the maybe the bigger step you'll be able to take. But I don't want you to feel bad if the only step you're taking is this. You gotta learn to walk before you run. You gotta learn to take a step and get your balance before you can walk. This isn't something that happens necessarily just in a day. But if you never stop walking towards it in faith, if you never stop being shocked by life and what happens in it, then you're never going to get ahead of it. John and Laurie, where are you at? I know they have a testimony this morning. Um, give me a microphone for them. Do I got one? Oh, yeah. John and Laurie came down front this morning and um, said that they felt the Lord was just kind of unctioning them to give their testimony. And I just feel like it's important to do today at the end of the service so that you can hear what God has done from a very horrible situation. Well, it's awesome to know that the title of your message was The Unknown. Uh, Laurie and I came from large families and we came from good homes. As growing up as children, you know, you, you don't think that you're going to be bombarded with the things of life. But um, it was definitely unknown to know that for myself, I was molested as a boy twice in my life uh, to go on and to find myself ending up having sexual desires that would cause me to be addicted to pornography and having fantasies go beyond, if I could say it like this, beyond the wildness of the dreams of the world. Um, I won't go into detail, but my fantasies went beyond with human beings. I'll just say it like that. But I do know what God can do with even with that. Because he has set me free from all that garbage. Because he has even set me free from even wanting to commit suicide when I was in the county jail. Even when I was facing life in prison, he set me free from that to the fact is, you might think 12 years is a long time, and yes it is. But you know what? God took those 12 years, he not only taught me about myself but he also taught me how I can be set free from all that garbage and to live a life because when I gave my life to him and received Christ into my heart this is what God spoke to me he says now isn't my life better than death that you wanted to choose And to know that in a dream that I was going to be out of prison and be remarried because I prayed and asked God, would there be another person in my life? And in that dream, God only showed me one thing about her, and that was the color of her hair. It was red in the dream. 
So uh, I don't want to stand up here and give uh, a lot of the talk on myself, but Larissa says, well, you do all the talking. But I want her to share, too. <laughs> That's fine. Um, I was also um, molested um, by a family member as a, uh, from age 12 to 18. And then I uh, got away from the situation, moved to college. And uh, God just um, brought everything around about. And I got to see this person saved even before I was saved. And... Um, it, and to know that he's in heaven today, and um, he has just truly blessed me with a husband, and um, God just moves in miraculous ways. I just want to thank him. And you know, when we look at testimony, talk about the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony, you know, every time you testify of what God's done for you, you just give the devil a black eye. Thank you. God has a plan for your life. And when the devil sets up his plan to alter it, God fixes it and mends it and uses it right now to minister to others. God's wonderful. He means you good. You get that? He loves you. He didn't come to mean you harm. He came to do you good. I want to pray for you today. And if you're the salvation that's here present today, I just ask you to come to the altar. Don't miss your time. Don't miss your time. God has a plan for your life or he wouldn't be asking once, now twice. And very possibly what John and Lurie just shared was for you. Don't wait another moment because time is short. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you. Lord, we thank you for the word of the Lord that come forth today. God, I thank you, Lord, that we see the supernatural life, God, that you've given. God, we don't take it for granted, but God, we use it and put it to work in our lives. God, do what only you can do in our lives. Change our mindsets, renovate these minds, remove insecurities, remove addictions. Father, pornography, these sins, God, that haunt the mind of man. God, I ask you, walk us through the unknown, which is change. Walk us through a life that we've never seen before, God, that we can give the glory to you in all ways. God, help our unbelief. Help our unbelief, God, that we could see you in a greater light. Father, for you mean us good. And I thank you for all you've done. I thank you what you're going to do this week. I thank you'll keep us all safe till we meet again next week. In the name of Jesus. Now go and share the gospel with somebody this week. Do not forget to invite somebody to church. Remember, somebody shared with you, please share with others. We'll see you on Wednesday night, small groups, and Pastor Dosik will be in the house. Praise the Lord. Hi, live streamers. Thank you so much for joining us. We want you to know that we love you guys and are so happy to have you with us. Stay connected with us here on social media and remember to share when you're joining us live to spread hope to others. We will see you here next time.